everybody. Welcome to Marvel Champions Monthly, a fan podcast about the card game Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Hawk. Today, I have with me only one other co-host, Americano. How's it going? Uh, evidently confused. I'm, I must be confused because yeah, I don't know how... You've been traveling through time, huh? <laughs> I don't know how daylight savings works, so... But we still made it for our epic team-up recording. So we only have two of us, but we're going to talk about... A fun topic that usually involves potentially more than two people: multiplayer play. You excited? I this is my favorite way to play. So, oh, spoilers! Oh, yeah, you're not supposed to answer that question yet. I haven't asked it. That's okay. First, we did have a couple listener questions, and we're going to spread them out over the next couple episodes. So, I think Meka asked a question, um, saying, "Looking at only non-hero cards in all the hero packs." What card do you think has been the most impactful to the game? That that's a really deep question because impactful can mean so many things, but I'm going to have to go with I think it's going to have to be a basic card. Can you guess which one I'm thinking of? Is it endurance? Oh wait, Miles Morales. <laughs> uh I, I I mean, Miles Morales is pretty awesome, uh, but I think I'm going to say Ironheart because because it is a two-cost... I mean, yeah, it's a two-cost basic ally, and we don't have any of those yet. We didn't have any of those yet. I think that that's one where... I mean, I'm not going to go buy um, Wasp's pack, another one, just to buy for Ironheart, but like I'm tempted because I want another copy of it. Yeah, should um, be a nice reprint. I'd be happy with that. I, I just think that I, I'm a huge, I've talked about it before, I'm a huge fan of two-cost allies. Um, and the fact that this is a basic ally, that I can put it into my aggression decks or uh, my protection decks, you know, I don't know. I, I just think it's amazing. I, I, so I think that every every deck I can, I try and put it in. I know it doesn't have the Avenger trait, uh, but I still think that a two-cost ally in basic is so impactful. So, you know, just huge for the game. So speaking of the Avenger trait, I think my answer is Honorary Avenger. People should know that by now. If I'm not playing Miss Marvel, I throw Honorary Avenger in every deck ever. So when Rocket and Groot come out next week, I'm going to be real sad to not be able to put it in every single deck. Um, I think it's just a really good card. And we'll talk about one of the reasons it's really good and probably kind of broken in multiplayer later today. But anyway, it's a card that gives the Avengers trait, so it unlocks a bunch of things. It gives plus one HP, and it has a cost, printed cost on the card of zero, but like a true cost of one from your hand. Um, But it's still one of the cheapest ways to thin your deck that almost every hero can do right now. So it's great. It is a pretty amazing card. All right. Well, let's get on to our main topic today, which is all about multiplayer. So... Multiplayer has been around since the beginning of Marvel Champions, right? Playing two players versus the villain, three, four. Some people I have heard even played five player. I may have done it once. It was horrible for me, but uh, (laughs) other people might have different opinions. So last cycle, they introduced a new type of card, team-up cards. How do you think team-up cards are going to affect multiplayer play? Um, I think that... Oh man, it's it's hard. So generally speaking, I like team up cards for multiplayer more than I like it for solo. Um, 
it can be trickier though, depending on the card. Uh, I, I'm thinking of Ant Man. Well, we only have two of them so far, right? Um, yep. Ant Man and the Wasp each have one in their deck. I'm trying to think. Of, let me look it up here. What it's called? Uh, swarm tactics. Yeah. Swarm, swarm tactics. So, because you have to have the what's the rule for it? You have to have each Ant Man and Wasp out in play. And um, one of them has to be your identity. One of, yeah, one has to be your identity. So it, because the the signature ally for Ant-Man is Wasp, um, it's easy, if you can get that card, the ally out in play, it's easy to get Swarm Tactics to play, if you're playing solo. Uh, but you have to line it up if you're playing with multiplayer. So it's it's one of those things that, that's, spoiler, um, for the Rise of Reds, or no, for... Uh, Guardians Most Wanted. So that's what that one box is called, right? Um, Alter Ego and Hero Form for Groot and Rocket don't matter. So that might that's going to be an easy one to play. Do they have a uh, team up in theirs? They do, right? They do, and we don't know if it matters or not yet. In the rules okay. insert for team up, it says heroes and allies. It doesn't say identities and allies, but we don't know if that was just like an oversight in the old rules rules inserts or not but i agree in in multiplayer there's a lot more like um communication if you're both heroes but with at least ant-man and the wasp there's ally versions of ant-man and wasp that are in aspect aspects so if i'm playing leadership ant-man i have the chance to put ant-man ally out and then if someone else is playing wasp they could play with my ant-man ally even if i'm in Alter Ego form. And likewise, if I was playing Leadership Ant-Man and you were playing Miss Marvel Aggression, you could bring Wasp and I could team up with your Aspect ally. So I think yeah. the more versions of those allies that are on team-up cards we get, the better. I, I think that there's a lot that they can do. I don't know that the developers will dive into it with... I've seen some fan-made custom content for team-up cards because I really do like the idea because it can draw out some of these maybe some heroes that you may not choose to play I mean, Ant-Man and Wasp is, is a fun combo to play together. Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch is fun, but you can get some fun combinations with like, well, Hulk and Ecuador. I, I don't know. So, you know, Captain America and Iron Man. Some of these uh, first um, heroes that we have. Yep. I, I don't think that they're going to do anything like that, uh, but they totally, there's a design space with team up that I think that would make it, it, it would keep some of those, original heroes um it would get them maybe to the table some more you know so it's not just the hotness not just the new heroes that are being played and who knows ffg's got like a whole play and share campaign going on right now we got all these alternative uh basic resource cards maybe they'll give us some some print and play team up cards that would be cool i think that would be amazing that would be awesome that would be that would be the best thing for team up i think yeah, so I think team-up's really fun in multiplayer. It forces you to communicate a little bit. It's really hard, it seems, to make a team-up card that feels good for both players, unfortunately. Um, Swarm Tactics helps Wasp, or not Wasp, Ant-Man a lot more than it helps Wasp, it seems to me. But I think it can still be fun to communicate and coordinate and make sure you get the most out of the cards in your hand, which is what cooperative games should be all about. Yeah, I'm looking at... I'm trying to find the... Uh... Uh, sorry, what's what it called? The Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch one. Yeah, Order and Chaos. Let's see. 
Yeah, it like cancels a treachery card and deals damage to the villain or something. I mean, those are cool effects. It's an it's a one cost one one printed cost event, so it might you know that's that's the timing of that is going to be very tricky to play. Yeah, you need to have a treachery card come up when you have that ally in play, or the other player is also in hero form. It can be it can be harder to to achieve, I think, um, but still fun, still fun. Yeah, I think overall, I I. I I think team up cards are good for the game. I don't think that they're they're not taking up that much space, right? It's because they can only have one per deck. Um, yeah, so far as one ofs, one ofs. So if they if they ever did um, print and plays or something, all you would need to do is print two copies um, uh, for yep. like previous heroes, and you know it's not like it's taking up much space. It's just a fun uh, shakes things up a little bit. Yeah. So let's dive into multiplayer. What is your favorite player count to play multiplayer at? Or what have you played the most of? The most for multiplayer I played is two. Um, and I think for me, two is the, is the ideal because I don't have uh, two other people or three other people that I play regularly with to keep the game flowing at, at a good pace. So maybe this is just my experience. I, I, I mean... Obviously, the more players you add, the longer the game's going to be because it scales like that, right? Um, yep. So one of the things that I, you know, the idea behind it is I would love for a game to stay under 60 minutes if possible. And so it's very, very doable with two people. Um, it's, it can be very true. Even playing aggression. Yes, even playing aggression. Um, I think it gets trickier as you get with, you know, you add more players. I think it can be fun um, because it can be more of like a beer and pretzels type game. And, yep. and, and this game is designed to be like that if you want to, right? Uh, so I think that, I think just for me though, two players is the best for me because of the time that it takes, really. Same. I think two to three. I, I'm okay with three players. For me, it scales about, especially if everybody knows what they're doing, about 15 to 20 minutes per player. Um, when you introduce anyone new to the game, it's going to take a lot longer. So the, the first thing that I will tell you is when you're teaching someone new the game, ideally, I mean, it's nice to teach groups of people at the same time. Don't teach people in a four-player game. Or if you have like a five-person game group, split into a table of three and two, and then try a five-player game later. Because five-player games can just take... I mean, there's a reason they, they call it one to four. I played one five-player game, and I think it ended up being a five-hour game, and I would never want to do that again. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if you're playing with people that are familiar with the game, two to three is like really that sweet spot, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, and one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about was how do you deck build differently when you're playing multiplayer versus solo? Um, well, why don't you answer that question first? I have some ideas of how I do it differently. But I would like to hear your thoughts on it because, I mean, this is obviously the inverse of what we talked about last time. It's almost like it was planned. Oh, man. How did you do that? Who knows? So what I like to do when I'm playing solo is I like to have a generalist character. And what I mean by that is a character like Captain America or Black Panther that can do all the things, right? They've got pieces in their hero kits that can let them thwart, that can let them attack, that can let them defend, that can let them heal, or whatever they need. 
So whatever scenario I go up against or whatever situation arises out of the encounter deck, I have an answer in my hero kit. Um, and you kind of need to do that in solo, because if you go all in on aggression, let's say you're going to play a very aggressive character like She-Hulk that doesn't have the best thwarting potential, and you have to flip a lot so you know a lot of threat is going on the scheme, and you're playing solo, the minute Rhino draws advance turn one, you may as well just reshuffle the deck, right? And that's that's no fun. So you have to build this generalist character, which is why Crimson always talks about She-Hulk justice, right? Because She-Hulk can then have all these powerful cards from the justice aspect that shore up that weakness so you have a, a general or like well-rounded character. In multiplayer, you can be super specified, right? I can build a She-Hulk deck that is all about killing minions and punching face, and I can ignore threat and just hope that the other player brings a justice or leadership deck that can account for that. Um, so you can sort of deck build as a team, and you can have a bunch of specialized decks, which I think is one of the advantages of multiplayer. In solo, a lot of times you can be not forced to auto-include cards, right? But you need so many allies because there's no one to block for you, and you need so many threat control cards and so many attack cards so the game doesn't drag on. But in multiplayer, you can have like a lot more unique combos where you're trying to go for all sorts of crazy things that you can do when you're not limited in your deck building to this sort of generalist idea. Yeah, and mostly my gaming partner is my wife, and so I'm usually the one that puts the decks together. I'll ask her, you know, who she wants, what hero she wants to be, or if she has a, a preference for aspect, and then I will kind of build a specific. So if she she's like, yeah, I want to play aggression tonight. Okay, you have any specific hero you want to play? And then I'll kind of make a deck based on what she says, and then oh, you know what, we might have problems thwarting, so I'll play a justice deck or. I'll play a leadership deck that that has allies that focus on thwarting, and then I can really choose whichever hero I want. So that is that's a lot of fun because it, it opens up the flexibility between. It it doesn't. It's almost like it's. It's not hindered. You're not hindered or or almost feel like you're painted into a corner. Because you want to win, right? I mean, I mean, this yep. again. This game is. I'm I'm probably of all of us. I'm probably the most. I, I guarantee I'm the most casual player. Um, and you know, I do, I do deck build, uh, I'm just kidding. I do deck build a little bit, um, not a ton. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I have some magic background and stuff, but I'm, I'm still, I would say I'm a, I'm a pretty casual player. Um, and so I don't, I mean, the best thing about it playing with my wife is that we can, we don't feel like there's any sort of, um, pressure or anything like that any yeah. pressure to, to build a certain way or there's any weakness because we want to smash face we want to feel like the hero i'm completely fine playing standard with a, with a in a two-player game because i guess what i want claw to get pounded into the ground i don't and again this is me this is the uh casual gamer in me coming out right uh I hear I hear what you're saying. You miss our Wednesday night claw heroic runs when we were trying that heroic <laughs> challenge before we just gave up. I I was like that was a, a really dark time in my life. And uh I'm really ha I'm really sad that, that I don't get to experience that anymore. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Maybe we can do heroic standard. That sounds doable. I don't even know what that means. Maybe. 
Yeah, just do it with the standard cards, but get two encounter cards. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. Instead, of, instead of the three expert cards? Yeah, we don't need that. <laughs> like that does anything. Well, I mean, I guess it kind of does, but... Yeah, I guess you start at level one instead of two. My primary partner for playing is, is my wife as well, and um, if we're building decks, I usually build them. And we've got a couple decks we keep like assembled. We have like a Captain Marvel leadership deck that is all about passing cards to the other player. So we every time a new pack comes out, we do that. I take a turn playing Captain Marvel, and she plays the new character. And then we swap, and Captain Marvel just feeds the new character all the cards so we can see all the cool things the new character can do. But she actually plays with the pre-constructed decks. So I build whatever I want. She brings a pre-constructed deck, and then we see how it goes. And I think it's it's perfectly fine and fun. We don't have to disassemble anything. Does she go, because I'm sure that you have taken the cards out to build other decks. Does she go and, like, is she the one that actually puts the pre-constructed decks together based on the, the deck list card? So, dirty secret. I have two copies of everything. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Pre-pandemic, we used to play at work on, like, lunch breaks on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. With My team used to play at work. Uh-huh. And uh, we don't do that in the pandemic because nobody's going on site. So I no longer need a set of cards at work and a set of cards at home. So I leave one set of cards with just all the pre-cons built. And then the other one I use for deck building. So, cheaty Except- taste, you know? Uh, yeah, except for Miles Morales, you take out and put into multiple decks, right? I actually leave him in Wasp. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> I keep them all there. They're pristine. They've got like their own colored sleeves. It's real nice. So, oh, nice. Okay, like you have the the ones with the card backs uh, or the sleeve backs that are matched. No, I haven't gotten the game genic ones. I just I just have different colored dragon shields that like match the hero, right? There's purple ones for Hawkeye, and there's green ones for Hulk and stuff like that. This is this sounds amazing. I, maybe I should go get a second copy of everything. Yeah, just get a second set of everything. I don't think FFG will complain. I mean, I they're definitely have. not going to. Uh, <laughs> I just am like, I'm running out of space. You're having me buy all these other games, you know. I'll stop. I'll stop with the other game stuff. So favorite player count for both of us is two to three. I think for me as well, it's length of the game. Um, I actually lean a little bit more to three, but during the pandemic, two is just what's naturally worked out for us. We haven't had a a third person that we can have over frequently enough that we want to uh, force Marvel champions on them all the time. But I think once the pandemic has settled and everybody's vaccinated, we'll totally be doing three-player games a lot. Because I think in two-player multiplayer games, a lot of times you can fall into this trap of like, okay, you're going to be the damage dealer, I'm going to be the threat handler. But you like lose the identity of I'm gonna be the person that's like the support defending character and I'm gonna be the, you know, ally spammer or the combo player. But with three, you get like that one bonus slot that can sort of be, you know, the the flexible slot and do whatever we want. I can see that. I can definitely see that. That is a benefit of a third player. I had a comment about generals for specialists. So I talked about being very specialized in multiplayer, you can build these cool decks. That doesn't mean a generalist deck is bad. And I found a lot playing four-player online with people over Discord is that uh, it's actually very advantageous to have you know three specialized decks and one generalist deck still. Because even if you have a super specialized deck, maybe you're Black Widow and you're running Justice, so you're like, I'm going to handle all the threat. Nobody needs to worry about it. It's a real cruddy day when Black Widow has to exhaust to defend because someone gets a second attack against her. 
and she somehow ends up confused. And all of a sudden you're like, well, threat's a problem and we're all running no thwart cards. So if you've got that one person that's a generalist, they can kind of like, you know, be the, what, what do you call it? The, the basic filler cards, the mayonnaise in your deck. It's the mayonnaise in exactly. your team, right? If, if the justice player has a bad turn, boom, generalist hops in, says, I can patch this for a hot turn and then you can get back in here and do the real work. And I enjoy playing that player in multiplayer too, because it's, it's kind of like you're sitting back and letting people do their things and you know, you're just doing mediocre work, but then every once in a while, everybody's like, oh, who's going to save us from this? And you say, oh, I will. I'm Captain America. And I think that's real fun. What's that um, the flex tape guy? It, that's that's the uh, the generalist player, right? The flex tape, you know, the guy that puts the, the tape on the leaking water. Just, just go in and cover up all the all the things that everyone else can't do. So, so what are some other cool things about multiplayer that you don't get to experience in solo? Um, asking for actions. I, I mean, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that. And who was it? Oh, Andy. Andy had um, has a YouTube channel. Um, he's been on the show before. Um, on the power of, I think, right? Our Spider Man. Yep. Um, and he has uh, two. He has a a video where he talks about off. What does he call off turn actions? Off turn actions. Yeah. So getting to ask for for those, I I, I think is something that is missed a missed opportunity for a lot of players because it's not, I don't think it's super intuitive. Um, and it's, I mean, this is, I think I would argue FFG has built this game as a, as a casual game, you know, it's, it's more casual than the other LCGs. And I think that's probably the number one thing that in multiplayer you're missing out on, but it's, it's, that's a really cool aspect of the game. So do you want to break down what is a call for action or an off-turn action for, for listeners? Um, yeah, give me, let me pull up the rule book. because <laughs> Got to read from the official rule book there. I just make rules up and hope they're right. I'm just kidding. Okay, so off-turn actions. Um, well, one of the things you can do on a turn is ask another player to trigger an action ability. So uh, on a card in play, that they control or an event card that they might, that they have in hand. So the, the rule says the other player then decides whether or not to trigger the ability. So another player may offer to use an action during the active player's turn as well. So it goes both ways. Um, so you can, I think the benefit is if, if it's your turn and I'm second player, you're the first player. And I have something that if I'm able to, you know, let's say it's uh, a guard minion. Know, Guard minion, yeah, that take out a guard minion, uh, so that you can you're, you're playing Captain Marvel, um, and you and you have your uh, energy blast or whatever it is the uh, that's built up. Well, that guard minion, you don't want to waste a 10, 10 attack, ten damage attack on the guard minion, right? So things like that, um, asking if I can do it on my turn, or you can say, hey, can anyone get rid of this guard minion? I have this huge attack uh, that I want to I want to get on Red Skull or whatever, right? Or on Claw. Yep, guard minions hitting tough off characters, things like that are really common. Like I, I, what I'm I'm thinking of is um, Iron Man's gauntlets, right? They have an action you can exhaust them to do a damage. Am I thinking, right? So if I'm playing Iron Man 
and it's not my turn, I can ask to do that action on your turn to ping off tough, for example. That's one that, that you don't get in, in uh, solo play. Again, it's, I think there can be a lot of rules mistakes happening, but at the same, you know, at that point, it's like, I don't care because that's freaking awesome that we just, I was able to, on your turn, take an action that made that set up this huge chain of events that allowed you to to defeat the villain, you know? Um, it, it, yeah, we use them for future knowledge a lot, right? If I'm playing Hawkeye and my quiver's on the table, I want to know what arrow's in my quiver before the other player takes their turn because I might be able to wipe out all the minions for them or I might be able to confuse the villain so that they can flip down. So anything that like lets you draw a card or like gain an ability. Um, Spider Woman's. Spider Woman's look at the top card. Yeah, Spider Woman's peak at the top of the deck seems really good. Um, there's a few things you can't do as an action. So it's it's like you said, action abilities on cards. So that's things like Avengers Mansion and Hellcarrier. Those are probably two of the most common ones, right? Can I have your Avengers Mansion? Give me all the cards. Sounds great. Can I use your Helicarrier discount? If you have four players, you could actually all use your Helicarrier discount and make a four-cost card free, which is kind of funny. You'd have to, you know, pay 12 resources for Helicarriers combined first, <laughs> but you could make a four-cost card free, which would be cool. Um, you can't play allies, so you can't play Squirrel Girl from hand to wipe out all the Ultron drones or anything like that. You can't um, play upgrades and supports, right? Has to be an event or in play. Yeah, it does say play. It has to be an event. It has to be an event card. Yeah, so you can't even use like your basic hero stats. As She-Hulk, I can't attack and eliminate your guard minion. If I have an attack event, I could. So I could Gamma Slam that guard minion. Might be a waste, but it's possible. Are there any... There aren't any allies that have an action ability on them, do they? Are they all like responses or interrupts? Someone will, will tell me that I'm an idiot, but... Um. I want to say there's at least one with an action, and I can't remember what it is now, but I don't think it's in... It's like uh, like Warlock, right? You can spend a resource to heal on him, but I don't think that that's like a... Not a damage-dealing action. <laughs> I guess... I guess... I guess Kate Bishop does. Kate Bishop does. Oh, yeah, Kate Bishop, Kate Bishop has an action where she can discard a card. So if you had... If you were Captain Marvel, right, you could discard... A three resource card to eliminate a minion, right? Be cool. Um, so you can't, yeah, you can't attack with your allies. You can use things like make the call to play Squirrel Girl from your discard pile. So you can like cheat allies in with make the call because you know why wouldn't that card be all powerful? Um, and you can't generate resources for each other. If I have Quinn Carrier, I can't like generate a resource off Quinn Carrier for you to spend. So it's not an action, like a bolded word action or hero action or alter ego action. So there are some limits on it. Do you have a favorite called action or like sneaky multiplayer action that you can you can get in? Mm, my probably the my most used is asking for a resource from uh Avengers Mansion or hell, yeah, 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 whatever, whichever one it is. I don't remember. Um, I, is there anything? I don't know if there's something sneaky. I, maybe <laughs> I, I don't know. I can't think of anything. You know what other ally has an action on him? Which one? War Machine, the signature ally. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You could use War Machine. 
You know, you could use War Machine to exhaust them, deal two damage to him, and then deal one damage to each enemy. But that that's that could be a thing you could do. That is for the worst signature ally. That's the best use of his thing is to ping all of the tough status off of all of these random hero, the villain, and all the minions that have it, so that to open open up Carol to to destroy the villain. That's it. So that's why War Machine isn't the worst signature ally. Prove me wrong. So for each aspect, there's a couple <laughs> sneaky things you can do. We're just going to ignore that. Yeah. You, so, yeah. <laughs> so you can make the call Maria Hill in leadership. That's really cool. Give everybody a card. So everybody always wants the leadership player to go first in multiplayer because if they draw Maria Hill, they can give everybody a boost that first turn. But if they mulligan Maria Hill into their discard pile, they could just make the call her on anyone's turn. So you can like put the appropriate person as first player. Um, I've done some things where... Like, if my wife is playing Hulk and she has a Hulk smash, and she's like, I can do 13 damage, but, you know, Claw's at one health, or Rhino's at one health, I can knock Rhino out with one of my events so that we can get, like, the most damage put onto the villain. Those are some sneaky things, I think, that they can trick their way in there. Um, yeah, there's, just, there's lots of cool, sneaky things you can do with called actions that help each other out. And I think it's something that you miss in solo. Oh, I remembered my really sneaky one. It's a leadership one again, because I'm only talking about leadership. Our justice and aggression people aren't here. We don't have to talk about those gross cards. So team building exercise. You can't play that during another player's turn, but it's a action ability. It's a hero action, I believe. You exhaust team building exercise to play a card from your hand with a trait that matches your identity. Um, so one of the worst cards in leadership, and it's not the, one of the worst, but it's one of the slowest tempo cards, is Quinjet, right? Because you play the card for one cost, and then it gets one counter every time you start your turn, and then you can bounce an Avengers ally into hand and discard that based on how many counters are on it. But that first turn you play it, you don't get a counter. So for it to pay itself off, you've got to wait three turns for it to be on the board. With team building exercise, if you're an Avenger, that Quinjet has the Avenger trait. So you can sneak a Quinjet into play before your turn so that you get one of those um, resource icons on it the very first turn you play it, which I think is pretty sneaky and cool. I'm not saying it makes it a good card, but it's fun to do. I think the only one that I can think of right now is using med team, like allowing somebody else to use med team, my med team on their allies during their turn so they can like if they're able to ready their ally that's a really good one i think for for protection yeah so i think that i have i mean i have done that um it, it requires a, a specific type of deck for your for, you know you have to have a protection deck and then the other deck has to be something focusing on maybe some ally maybe a voltron ally deck so maybe a uh, leadership or or i guess aggression is good for that too um, now with the, all the Avenger allies that you have. And you could do things like you could play Muster Courage on someone else's turn to let them know, hey, I'm giving you a tough counter. That way they don't have to flip down if they think they need to heal. Stuff like that. So, I mean, there's lots of lots of those action events that you can sneak in, but I think Med Team's a really good one. I've never tried that one. I have tried Tac Team for people. Um, so, usually the aggression player is the one that wants to kill the allies. But uh, I was running the deck with Tac Team for some reason the other day, and my wife was playing Wasp, so she was in tiny form and wanted to kill all the things. 
So I was getting them to low health with tack team so that Wasp could kill them off and get her Wasp Sting, which I thought was cool. I like that. I like that. I like that combination. Um, did she have? Well, I guess she was. Uh, she probably wasn't playing aggression then. You were playing it. No, okay. we we were play We were trying to make use of that um, beat 'em up card where it does one damage to all of the minions and the villain. Oh. So I was trying to get all the things down to one health and then let Wasp blow them up. I'm not going to say uh, we won that game, but it was fun. I mean, if, if you're playing a Justice game, Beat Cop has an action where um, the, the final like nuke action, the action that nukes Beat Cop, right, where you exhaust and discard it to deal one damage to minion for each threat that is already on it. So you could potentially, you know, I, I don't think it's the best use of Beat Cop, but you could get rid of a guard minion or... If there's a, you know, are there any guard minions that have, uh, like, a lot of health on them? I mean, Zola's attachments can make anybody a guard minion, right? So you could have a Ronin guard minion with 18 health or something. That'd be horrible. That might be a good good use for beat cop um, on someone else's turn. Yeah, the other thing I've done with Justice is I like that card, Skilled Investigator, that you can play on both characters for f- zero cost. After a side scheme is defeated, you exhaust it to draw a card. But if there's a side scheme out there and it's the other person's turn, if I'm the justice player, I can for justice that side scheme away and then let them draw a card off Skilled Investigator. Whereas they might not be able to thwart the threat off that side scheme. So if you can get... If you can defeat that side scheme on the first player's turn, regardless of who it is, that's another cool way to use call to actions. So, hold on a second. Back, walk me through that one, because that all right, so skilled, skilled Investigator, it's an upgrade. You First, you play that on all four players, or all three players. Sorry, you only have three. I lied. So all three players have that, and you were the Justice player. It was your, You were the first player that turn. Next turn, you're the third player, right? And maybe Claw brings out three side schemes. You're like, well, this sucks, because nobody else can thwart. I'm playing with an aggression person and a protection person. They don't even have thwart events in their deck. And I'm the third player, so by the time I eliminate a side scheme, they've already spent all their resources. That stinks. But you could use any of your thwarting events. You could use four justice to eliminate a side scheme on the first player's turn, and then everybody could trigger their skilled investigator before they spend everything in their hand. But does that work, though? Because that is a hero response, not an action. They can still you can still trigger it. So responses and interrupts you can trigger any time their triggering condition is met. Because right, you can you can trigger those in the villain phase. Yeah, I'm not explaining it well, but maybe it'll make sense to someone someone out there. There's smarter people out there than than me that will. I'll probably never do it. Uh, I'll get as complicated as um, med team healing on someone else's turn, but you know. You've gone too far now. You've gone. That's too it. Far. That's it. That's all. I want. I want to hear. I, I want to reach out to us on Discord because I want to see what combos. Are, you know what call. You know off turn, call for actions. I guess it technically is called call for action, right? I think that's. What... Yeah, I would. I would like to hear everybody's favorite call for action and the lamest call for action you can come up. With. Lamest. Yes, I think it's. I think it's War Machine. Uh, anyway, the best was at work back when we used to play at lunch. Right, everybody always wants to get that like killing blow in the villain. So like the villain's down to three health, and we're all like, "Oh, I got an action. I can help you out. You can have my mansion totally." And the person's like, "Yeah, you can do an action," and I'm like, "Just kidding. I play uppercut." 
because you know you want to be the one to get the final steal, blow. Steal kill. Steal the kill. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what are some other cool combos that you've heard about in multiplayer? Like you're not. What do you talk? Well, like what specifically you mean? Like, give me an example of. Like, what are some? I can give you an example. So, I know Tommy at the side scheme has done this, and we've done this in our house too. But there are cool like team deck builds basically you can do to do insane things so she hulk ally right she gets plus one damage for every she gets plus one attack for every damage on her well if you're playing a four player game and everybody has three honorary avengers you can get her up to i think she starts with three health so that gets her up to 15 health total so she can have 14 damage on her and go swinging for 15 that's crazy right um, and what's cooler is you could have one aggression player with She-Hulk and you could have three leadership players and they could all bring inspiring presence. So they could keep readying her and healing that last point of damage as off-turn actions to allow the aggression player to keep attacking with She-Hulk during the aggression player's turn. So we played one game where we tried to only do damage with She-Hulk ally to the villain and we got her up to like six or seven damage and then we just kept playing inspiring presence on her. It was pretty funny. I think so. What were the two cards then? Inspiring presence and honorary adventure. Okay, okay. I think that one cool combination then um, would be if you have a, a leadership ally spam deck, and then you have um, someone running aggression, and they throw a couple combat trainings in there. No, not not sorry, boot camp. Um, to throw to put boot camp under that leadership player's control. Because that just, I mean, that's that's pretty, that's what it's for, right? I mean, aggression has some really powerful allies, but leadership, there's just a few more to choose from. Um, so getting those, I think a lot of leadership, though, you might want to thwart with, but there's some, there are some that you don't, uh, you definitely want to attack with. And so boot camp just makes them that much more powerful, especially if you're readying them or, you know, or if you're using it to, one of my favorite combos from before was getting Wonder Man and then using uh, the what's the teamwork, the card that nobody likes in leadership teamwork, or it's getting it's getting better now actually. Um, but then, example for boof, uh, attack buff to your hero, but now it's just a four with uh, combat training out. Or uh, sorry, I keep saying combat training, boot camp out. Um, or you know, I think it was with Giant Man, right? Giant Man, same thing. Why not? I just did that in the card of the day video this week. I was trying to talk about buffing Giant Man and just using him with teamwork because you don't want him to go below that damage threshold. Seems genius. I don't know why I haven't done it yet. I want to try it. So if you have an aggression player, have him run camps and then make him that much stronger. Totally. And I think that that's, that's just like... Those cards that you can play onto other players' control, like endurance and downtime and combat training, like you mentioned that in aggression and things like that, that can be really fun, right? If you're playing a Captain America leadership deck and you're running a bunch of Earth's Mightiest Heroes because you want to make it so you can ready cap, you know, six times in one turn and mm -hmm. outrace Quicksilver. If another player is playing aggression, they can throw that combat training on you because you're going to get more use out of it. So you can. You can get cards from other aspects and put them in other people's decks. So a lot of times when, when I play online with people, 
when we're setting up our decks, I'll be like, oh, can you bring a combat training for me? Can you bring this for me? I'll bring this for you. And that's something that you don't get to do in solo, right? You get one aspect of cards unless you're special like Spider-Woman and you're stuck with them. I think, I think too, the developers have made it so that all of those cards that you can play under someone else's control are max so far are max one per player, right? Um, I don't think there's anything that honorary adventure boom oh, oh i guess that's true you can play that on anyone though uh i yep. guess yeah okay i am sorry i'm saying under any players well i guess that's okay what, okay honorary adventure doesn't say under any players control does it no no it doesn't it's real awkward it should say that though right templating it, may say so actually it does say uh, just attached to a friendly character yeah so interesting right yeah, so okay, that's the I think that's the only one though. I think everything else, I know boot camp it, you know, because that would be that would be really crazy if you could have three boot camps and put them all under the leadership players uh, control, right? You, if you yep. I mean that it's it's smart to do it that way, right? Yeah, yeah. So. One cool thing that you can do with deck building with multiplayer as well is like we were talking about those upgrades, like downtime and endurance. Almost every hero gains an advantage from them. But Thor, right, he wants energy resources, not physical resources. So he probably doesn't want to run a ton of downtimes. But if you're teaming up Captain America and Thor, you can have Captain America bring the two downtimes, Thor bring the two endurances, and then they've got the cards that match the resource type they want. They play them on each other. Everybody's happy. I like I like cool I like teamwork deck building like that. I think it's just it's fascinating. So that's that's a really good point. I hadn't thought of that actually at all. I thought of it just now. It's just like now? I, you haven't done that now. before? No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be a better player after today. Oh, Look okay. at we're, we're having some great ideas. You know what? Red Skull doesn't stand a chance. Totally, yeah. We're going to go do Heroic Claw 3 after this. Just wait. Uh, no, Never we're not. <laughs> did, you, did you say your favorite call for action? Um I guess we talked about a bunch. Let's see. Oh my gosh. I don't even know. It's probably make the call. Um, there's a lot of cool things you can do with make the call, right? If I am playing the OG call for action, like they, they may as well just call it make the call for action because there's nothing else <laughs> you should be doing. Um, uh, if you're playing Iron Man leadership, this is one of my favorite ones in the core set. It would make my wife so mad because she'd be playing Black Panther. That was her favorite core set hero. And Shuri would get into her discard pile, and I'd be like, ooh, what's that over there? Make the call on Shuri <laughs> as Iron Man. Go get whatever tech upgrade I want, and then just chump block with her and get her back in the discard so I can make the call again. And it's it's just it's so mean. Can you, <laughs> Especially when that, the person's getting ready to shuffle their deck, and you're like, what do you got in that big discard pile? Anything good? Ooh, a Nick yeah. Fury. I like Does that. that work? Does that work if you put a rapid response out, too? No. So rapid response is thankfully not able to steal other people's allies because you i think uh it says when the ally go let, let me read the the actual card so i'm not lying to people we have this thing called the internet we're not living in lord of the rings land and arkham land it's hero response after an ally you control is defeated discard rapid response put that ally into play from your discard pile and deal one damage to it if it didn't say from your discard pile that would absolutely work yeah, if it said from a discard pile, or just put that ally into play and deal one damage to it, or even from the disc, for even I would say even from the discard pile, you would still be able to play it because yeah. A anyway, 
I think they knew what they were doing. Definitely on that one, they uh, made it so that uh, Black Panther didn't completely despise Iron didn't, Man. Didn't lose Shuri forever. <laughs> <laughs> and you could do that with a lot of basic, or a lot of not basic, uh, signature allies. Those signature allies are so good, and a lot of them have really good enters play abilities. Um, right? I mean, I don't think Captain Marvel's going to mind if you spam Spider Woman as much as possible and confuse the villain over and over and over again. Um, okay, who do you think would be like, so? Black Panther is probably going to be a little upset that he can't get his upgrades. You know? I guess. I guess so. For for Iron Man, Black Panther's a great, or sure he's a great target for it. But I mean, there are obviously some targets that are better. But is there a, maybe a any one signature ally that 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 you just want to target regardless of which you know which hero you're playing? Um, does, that, does that question make sense? Yeah, I'm trying to think of all the signature allies now, and I think there's one coming up in Gamora's pack has been spoiled. Gamora's signature ally is Nebula. Um, let me read what her text is, because I could be lying here. It, it depends on... So there's, there's a very big distinction we should make here. So... Nebula reads, after Nebula enters play, search your deck for an attack or thwart event and add it to your hand. Shuffle your deck. Seems really, really good, right? Because um, that, that can work for anybody. Um, an ally like Black Cat, this is one of the annoying things. They, they knew right away that Black Cat was really good and that Spider-Man players would be mad if you stole Black Cat from their discard pile. Because Black Cat reads something different. She does not work that way. Black Cat says, after you play Black Cat, so you are not playing an ally from the discard pile, you are paying its cost to put it into play. So it's very, very distinct. So like Ironheart and Miles Morales both say when you play this ally from hand, right? you're not playing the ally, you're putting it into play with Make the Call, so you're not able to, to get those bonuses. So Black Cat's one that you don't want to target. Um, let me take a quick peruse through the signature allies and think about which one. So is it like which one I would like to troll other people the most with or which one I want? <laughs> sure, sure, yeah. I'm just talking like this is the OG uh, call for action. I think, right? it's, I think it's Shuri because everybody likes upgrades. But really, right, if you could if you could steal Wong from Doctor Strange, he'd probably be pretty mad. I mean, Captain Marvel would be pretty amazing too. Give you the card draw that you. Yeah, Captain Marvel is a good one um, from Spider Woman. I think Wong's actually kind of funny because you can exhaust him and heal from yourself or discard the top card of the invocation deck. So, like, when Strange gets Winds of Watoom on top of his deck, you can be like, nah, you don't get that advantage. <laughs> You're out of here. What about Hellcat would be an amazing one to troll because you could just steal her, put her play, and then return her to your hand, right? Well, there's there's a thing in the RRG that says when an ally, when a card you control from another player leaves play, it goes to their discard pile or hand. So I think... Oh, it does say to hand? Cause... I, I think that it wouldn't go to your hand, but I don't know if it would go to their discard pile or hand. That's a good question. I mean, it, says, it says return Hellcat to your hand, not to... from from. Eh, I think I'd play it that way, just to hold on to her. Just, just to troll a little bit, yeah. 
There's a lot of good enters play allies, um, but uh, most of them aren't uh, signature allies. The signature ones are the ones that hurt the most, though, right? When you steal Agent 13, or I mean, Shuri's, Shuri's really the one, and soon Nebula. Those ones that like you just want to recur all the time, so you just constantly want them in your discard pile, so you're seeing them again. Especially Black Panther, because he's got that ancestral knowledge that he can shuffle Shuri back into his deck. So if you steal it, and then the other player is like, I have ancestral knowledge in my hand. How dare you? It can be a rough night. Here we're teaching you how to play multiplayer the right way by being spiteful and not working. It, might, it might be cool to, as a leadership player to get multiple men out of uh, somebody's discard pile. Because you could still then search their deck for it. No, I- it's search your deck in hand. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't help you. Okay. okay. I'm just try- I'm try- I'm trying to think of these fringe things that the OG one, the OG card. You could steal someone's Colson to go search for rapid response. That's the thing you could do. Uh, Brother Voodoo would be kind of cool if you're looking for something specific, another type of event. Oh, that's a, that's a real good use for Brother Voodoo, right? Because most protection events, you're just going to draw them anyway during the villain phase. But leadership events, you might get a get ready or whatever. That could be cool. I like that one. We could just do a whole episode about make the call and how how trolly you can be with it. I think Sentry's the 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 worst one. He you could be you could boost him though, and he could be really powerful for you. You just gotta give yourself a counter card. Let's see, there's lots of good ones, is what I would say. I think even stealing She Hulk ally, knowing that you're the person that has the get readies and inspiring presences in your hand, can can really boost that combo to a new level. So, yeah, yeah, I think my favorite call for action is make the call. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's good in general. There's few things that can happen that, that don't work out well when you have make the call in your deck. So so do you try and do it while your teammate is getting ready to shuffle their deck? Like before they have to draw a card to shuffle their deck so you can grab something out of there. I mean, the nicest time for you, the player, is when their deck is really, or their discard pile is really thick, right? Because there's mm-hmm. a ton of choices then. But if it's an ally that they rely on, like Shuri, they probably want to shuffle that back into their deck. So if you steal it and then chump block with it, it goes into their like empty discard pile and they have to cycle their deck entirely again before they get it back. So as a good cooperative player... You should try to steal that ally and get it back in the discard pile before it's a problem. Well, the other yes, yes. The other thing that the developers did is you they have to approve or allow, allow that. Yeah, you can deny the action exactly. If you want. We don't play that way in our house. You just get to take whatever action you, you ask. You just get to do it. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's great. There are some instances where you would want to make the call right before a shuffle. So with Maria Hill, I always try to make, even on my own discard pile, I'll try to make the call her into play right before I shuffle. Because the best place for Maria Hill to be is in my discard pile. Because then I can pull her out whenever I need her with make the call. If she's in my deck, then I'm just at the whim of the shuffle, right? Um, so allies like Nick Fury and like Maria Hill, it's nice to know where they are if you're the make the call player. So I'll try to get those ones to stay in the discard pile specifically for that reason. And, and my wife's Fury, that too. Keep that in her discard pile so I can keep stealing it as Iron Man. There you go. I, I think that was pretty much all we had to do to talk about multiplayer. So 
if you have a favorite multiplayer experience or scenario, I mean, we've we talked about a lot today, but I'm sure other people have other great multiplayer stories, and we'd love to hear them. So hop on Discord, hop on Facebook, wherever. I can't wait to get where we can uh, actually get together and, and get some multiplayer games in person together. Have a Marvel Champions monthly convention or something. Yeah, it'll be... Can that be a thing? In your backyard. We'll get some tents and... Yep. Everyone's welcome. Actually, I, I probably shouldn't say that because uh, not everyone would fit in my backyard. So Yeah, mine either. Maybe if we combined our backyards, we could fit like six people. <laughs> well, that was all we had for this week. So thanks for tuning in. We are going to kick off coverage of Galaxy's Most Wanted in our next episode. I know we have not hit our wanda pack review yet we're going to try to sneak that in here sometime as well um but with galaxy's most wanted coming out next week we're going to cover that in three parts first we're going to talk about the player cards from galaxy's most wanted talk about rocket and groot and all those fun new aspect cards then we're going to talk about the villains and modular encounters from the campaign and we're going to split it in half just like we did with rise of red skull so we'll talk about the first, we'll talk about how the campaign works and the first two villains. And then in our third Galaxy's Most Wanted episode, we'll talk about the last three villains and give our overall impressions and reviews of the campaign. Three episodes. Three Galaxy's Most Wanted episodes coming up soon. I think I said Guardian's Most Wanted episode or uh, box and I was wrong. Yeah, you were I wrong. I said that earlier. In the- Definitely. I try, not, I try not to correct you too much. But. It's not the first time. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. Yeah. Protection player. Thanks for joining, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody.